0: Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana. Powered by the Montana Electric Cooperative Association. Your Montana Electric Cooperative. They do much more than keep the lights on for you. This
1: is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Would somebody go take his watch? Just take his watch, just say, mr. president um w- we need to to use your watch for a second we're We're going to go put a new battery in it we're going we got to update the clock, whatever it is we're going to put a new band on it. We've got a fancy new uh you know uh, Chinese paid for gold carrot band that we're going to put on your watch, but w- Mr. President, we just need your watch. Somebody physically remove the watch from his wrist uh please I don't know if you guys heard the same national news update on the radio that i just heard just a second ago but uh but um but you know the the president is going to do what the president should do and and needs to do and is going to be there as these three troops uh, that were killed three american uh, troops that were killed in jordan on the syrian border over the weekend uh by iranian proxies uh when their remains are are honorably returned home and and the president will be there uh, to to visit them, but I'm just like, man, if this guy checks his freaking watch like he did when the 13 brave Americans were brought home from Afghanistan during that disaster, I tell you what, if he checks it, just take his watch so he isn't even tempted to to look down at his watch and wonder when he finally gets to leave the ceremony. Boy, I tell you what, that just oh man, that set me off when that took place. After that disastrous withdrawal. But uh, hey, we got a lot to talk about this morning here on Montana Talks. We've got the phone lines open for you as well uh, for this uh, full statewide hour of the show. One thing that came up earlier in the week, uh, and and we briefly touched on it. This is a story out of Glasgow, Montana, where a family had their child removed from their home and placed into a a, uh, psychiatric treatment facility down in Wyoming. Uh, and it's getting a lot of national attention right now. Megan Kelly just had the, the parents on her podcast yesterday. Libs of TikTok, Chris Rufo from the Manhattan Institute and many others are, are all weighing in and wondering what the heck. Why would – but, the, but the, the real big concern here is that, OK, so they remove the child from this home and then they place her into a facility that is now allowing her to socially transition – and they've put chest binders on this young girl and they're dressing allowing her to dress in boys clothes. And they're they're calling her by a boy's name and treating her as if she is a boy. And the family is outraged by this uh, outraged that this has happened. And so they've been speaking out publicly. And, and as I told you, I had a story about this over a week ago on our Montana Talks website, I actually interviewed the mom and, and put the full audio on our website. Um, but. But the, the key question that everybody's asking is, did the state of Montana, did uh, CP, CPS, did Child and Family Services remove this young lady from this family, from her parents, because they would not go along with gender dysphoria? They would not treat her as a boy. Anyway, I've got a big update on that front. Uh, the state uh, DPHHS and Child and Family Services come out and said, hey... Uh, Our longstanding policy has been, always has been, that that would not be the basis of removal. But they wanted to to make it even more clear in new guidance that's just been issued. I'll get to that next.
0: This is where Montana Talks. You're listening to Montana Talks with Aaron Flint.
1: All right, let me quickly break this story down for you in the interest of time, because we've got callers on the phone lines. I want to get to Brian and Bozeman. I want to get to Denver and Poplar. Plus, we've got phone lines open for you, 406-294-0970. But um, this is a big update in this story that came up earlier this week and is getting a lot of national attention. In fact, Lars Larson a uh, Pacific Northwest radio host uh, uh, wanted to interview me later today on this very story because of the national attention that it is getting here. So I, I, I have the, the headline on our Montana Talks website right now. What's the story? A Montana girl being transitioned in state care. So so basically, I, I interviewed the mom, the, the stepmom, uh, the Colstead family in Glasgow, Montana, and long story short, their, their daughter uh, has been struggling and has been struggling for quite some time. And, and they've been trying to help their daughter work with their daughter for quite some time. Um, and, and their daughter wants to identify uh, as a boy. So their daughter is suffering from, from gender dysphoria. Um, long story short, um, a, a new acquaintance to their daughter – had gotten, uh, had heard from their daughter that, that she was threatening suicide, that she was going through suicidal ideation. Now, the parents say, look, she's, she's always been making up these stories, she's always been making these claims. It's something that always happens. But local law enforcement got, got contacted by the daughter's acquaintances, so local law enforcement responds. They then uh, encouraged the family to bring the girl to the local hospital in Glasgow. They did. Uh, and then they said that the local hospital started kind of pushing, somebody at the local hospital started pushing this, treating her as a him and, and more. And so, so apparently the local folks, according to every, all the information I've gathered, and and I'd love to get an official response out of the you know Valley County Attorney or the court et cetera. But everything I've heard thus far is that then they then make make the recommendation that hey we need to put this uh, this girl into immediate psychological treatment. And there was no bed space in Montana, so they sent her to this facility in Wyoming. And at the facility in Wyoming they they can they start you know treating this little girl as if she's a boy they put chest binders on her and and other harmful things right uh, referring to her as a him and dressing in boys clothes etc so the family is outraged by that but the question that that national commentators like Megan Kelly and libs of TikTok and others are saying is wait a minute did they remove the girl from this home from her parents because because they uh, would not go along with her gender dysphoria. Now, Lieutenant Governor Kristen Juris did a lengthy investigation, and and she's somebody that a lot of us trust on these issues, and she says, hey, they followed the process, they followed the law. Uh, So so anyway, that's my attempt to try to summarize this story for you in the interest of time. But the big news update here, uh, though, is this. To this specific question of would the state... Did they in this instance, and would they down the road, is is the state child and family services, will they go into your home and remove your kid from your home because you don't go along with the gender dysphoria that that a kid might struggle with, right? So anyway, the Department of Public Health and Human Services, I think this was last night, and the governor directed them to to make this clarification. Uh, Last night, I've got a five-page document in front of me right now signed by the director of DPHHS, Charlie Brereton, and the Child and Family Services Division Administrator, Nikki Drosberg. It's a five-page report, but here's the line that stands out. While it has been standard practice, recent events require us to clarify that standing alone, the allegation that a parent opposes and will not allow their child who has gender dysphoria – to transition genders, does not constitute such abuse or neglect. So the bottom line is, the state is saying uh, no. That would never be the basis for removal of a child from a home. Uh, it never was before. That's been our longstanding policy. But they have now issued uh, even more clear guidance to to make it clear that that is not the policy of the state of Montana. So that's the latest on that story, getting a lot of national attention. Another big uh, big news story now. Uh, I'll get to that here in a few minutes. Donald Trump Jr. Donald Trump Jr. We just saw him in Las Vegas last week at the SHOT Show. He joined us on the show. He is now calling out the Montana GOP for engaging in left-wing cancel culture. Want to tell you about that story. But first, let's jump into the phone lines here. We've got uh, Brian in Bozeman. And Brian, you tell me again, how many... Our national debt right now, $35 trillion, you calculated this up in the number of minutes, days, hours, years that it would take to pay that off, right?
2: Well, not just pay off that. Just I was just trying to put a little more simplified. You know, if people, you know, how much is a billion dollars? How much is a trillion dollars? And then try to put that into the terms that people could understand. So I calculated up in seconds. How, how long back in time, if you start now, would you have to have started paying a dollar per second to pay a billion dollars? And it ends up being 1992. And then I ask just him, for, okay, a which, so, for a billion dollars. So a dollar per well, second
1: would take you back to 1992. But yeah, we're, we're 35 right. trillion in debt right now. Yeah.
2: Right. So I ask them, what do you think? How far back in time do you have to go for a trillion seconds? And people will guess, oh, 1920, 1850, whatever. I said, no, it's, it's a lot more than that. What century do you think it is? And they'll say, well, 15th century, 16th century. The actual number is 29,685 BC.
1: Wow. Was Montana 30,
2: covered, a, 30, was Montana 30, covered 30, in glaciers
1: back then, uh, or, or was it the tropic uh, time then? I, uh, no, I, I actually looked
2: up some of that to find out. But it actually is 31,710 years, which you get a dollar a second to get to a trillion. And we're at 34 to 34 trillion. We spent, what I heard, is a trillion dollars in the last 103 days.
1: Good night. That's absolutely insane. All right, I know you got another point you want to make on that front. So, Brian, stand by. Then we'll get to Denver and Poplar.
0: Talking about the issues that matter to Montana statewide, this is Montana Talks with Aaron
1: Flint. Yeah, uh what a, a great national debt calculator that Brian and Bozeman just whipped out for us there before the break. He's got a one-liner, just, just a a quick one-liner, and it's better in his words than it is in mine. I, I could have summed it up. I chatted with him during the break a little bit more, but it's better coming from him. Uh Brian, yeah, what's that point you wanted to make?
2: That anybody that when you have to take 31,000 years prior bc or whatever 29,000 to get to a a trillion dollars any politician that's willing to spend or not fight against spending a trillion dollars in the last 100 days whether you're a Democrat or Republican, we need to replace that politician because we, this is going to send our country into bankruptcy. We have to replace those politicians.
1: The, the communist Chinese are just sitting back and laughing, aren't they? And and we just had the FBI director testify in Capitol Hill yesterday about some of the things China is planning for us uh, here in the – Spy Balloon State of Montana. All right, Brian, thanks for the call. Great to hear from you. Thanks for sticking around and waiting. I know that first story I mentioned took a little bit of time to, uh, to dive into. Denver in Poplar. Got a chance to meet him uh, during one of our Wolf Point trips. Uh, Denver, always great to hear from you. Good
3: morning. How are you today?
1: I'm doing great. How about you?
3: I'm well, thank you. Did you miss me?
1: I, I did, yeah. The, the, sun, the sunny skies must have brought you out, so we're, we're glad to hear from yeah,
3: you. Yeah, they did. I <laughs> called. Um, first of all, I need to apologize for a comment I made a couple months ago about a facility of western Montana. I'm sorry about it. The comment I made was not
1: good, though. Oh, I, I missed thing. that. I remember when you called in, though, because I think I was – where was yeah. I? I think I was on vacation. But I, I heard that when I was driving, uh, driving to the store or something. Uh, uh, another comment you made. Not that one, though. But, uh, yeah.
3: Okay. Okay. I, uh, you know, you guys are beating up on Joe Biden when, in fact, the unemployment rate is the lowest it's been in 60 years. The economy is up. He created 13.5 million good-paying jobs. With his infrastructure bill, um, but in I guess in comparison, all of the uh, GOPs are are backing a guy who's been five times indicted, four times convicted, four times uh, bankruptcy, sexual predator, ninety one felonies charged against him. It just goes on and on and on. And how people can continue? to support this madman is beyond me
1: so I, I remember when when joe biden was uh was uh inaugurated when he was installed as president in 2020 and you called in what a day or two later and you said for the first time in years i can finally sleep at night sounds like you still yeah. haven't woken up denver i was hoping you'd have woken up by now but it sounds like you're still asleep <laughs> well, i'm wide
3: awake believe me but like i said uh this this uh support for for this guy and uh, uh real quickly to the uh, national debt don't forget he ate, added eight trillion dollars to our national debt in four years so
1: so everything's going great the economy is doing great across the country under joe biden the uh yeah the, you know inflation uh 20 plus percent increase in, in the prices of goods a, a decline in take home wages the yeah, what does it cost? The average American family now, uh, you have lost eleven thousand dollars of your annual take home pay just because of the inflation under Joe Biden and John Tester alone. But but uh, Denver and Poplar is still so happy uh, with with Joe Biden. I mean, look, at we are on the brink of World War Three. And in Denver and Poplar still is uh, sleeping peacefully at night. Denver, always great to hear from you. It was so great to meet you in person. 406-294-0970. Let's go to uh, Perry in Columbus next. Uh, Perry, what's on your mind?
3: Good morning, Aaron. Thanks for having me on this Freedom Thursday, Every day is Freedom Day. It should be. Your local government topic today is very important. You know, the old eternal who's in charge, answer them question. You know, we all know that our current federal executive branch and all of the alphabet soup agencies that go along with it are actively destroying our We the People Constitutional Republic right now. The best thing that we can do for our nation is to get as involved as we possibly can in your community's local government and make them respond to your voice as a constituent. You know, here in Stillwater County, we have three commissioners who all ran as conservative Republicans but now govern as tax-and-spend Democrats. This county is as red as a ripe tomato, and yet we have to constantly beat these guys upside the head with a verbal two-by-four to get them to even consider practicing fiscal responsibility with our own money. You know, it's time for us to turn, all of us, to turn on the proverbial lights in your own local political kitchen and watch the communist cockroaches scatter. You know, Eric, wouldn't you say that if we can collectively apply the time and energy to do it, we could maybe do something like, oh, making sure the Democrats can't subvert the 2024 elections process in your own county or legislative district.
4: So, yes, yeah,
1: so the story that you're referencing, talking about local government, some of our folks across the state probably haven't heard about this yet. The city manager, the appointed city manager in Bozeman is in a ton of hot water right now. In fact, Mike Hope, the owner of the Rock and R, uh, local business owner and developer, says the city manager should resign. The city commission and the mayor are going to have a special meeting investigating uh, th- these videos that came out where the city manager in Bozeman is openly mocking the people of Bozeman, basically trashing the city of Bozeman. He's openly well, openly he's on a a video chat that got leaked, uh just to be clear. He's he's mocking um city leaders trying to tell him what to do and he's he's whining about having to answer an email on a Saturday. And then the big one, uh this guy apparently makes two hundred and seventy five thousand dollars a year, I heard. And he was talking about how he was offered five hundred grand to apply for a well he would have for a, He could have been paid $500,000 a year if he became the city administrator down in Austin, Texas, but he said, no, I didn't even want to apply because if I sit here for five more years in Bozeman, I get vested, and then I have my FU money. Crazy, isn't it?
3: It is. You know, so we as the people need to get a big, sharp pair of scissors and take it to the strings on these people's golden parachutes. It's as simple as that.
1: I mean, imagine, you know, the, the working class folks in Bozeman that are, are seeing and hearing this city manager, you know, laugh at all the benefits he receives. Laugh at the housing allowance you get as the city manager, the $275,000 a year and the upwards of 5000 that you could make as a city manager in some other city. I mean, that's Fauci money right there, you know, uh, and, and, then, and then what if you're the snowplow operator for the city? And you don't make anywhere near that. What a slap in the face to every single one of them, city employees, private sector folks alike.
3: People that work for a living are nothing but cannon fodder to these people, and we
1: need to wake up. All right. Perry, great to hear from you. Thanks so much uh, for the phone call. Thank you, sir. Hey, uh, I don't I don't know if you guys heard about this. Um, it, when I first saw the story, I was like, well, it's kind of inside baseball, but it's getting some national attention. So so I interviewed this guy, Alex Brusewitz, I actually saw him at the SHOT Show last week because he's working closely with Donald Trump Jr. on on some projects. Uh, this guy, Alex Brusewitz, he is a a top ally to President Trump and to uh, to Donald Trump Jr. And apparently he was supposed to be the the winter kickoff speaker for the Montana GOP. But because because he's been very critical of Congressman Rosendale for not endorsing uh, Donald Trump sooner and then some other things, uh, a bunch of the Rosendale backers called for the Montana GOP to cancel him as the speaker at the uh, at the winter kickoff event. So then the Montana GOP uninvited um, this guy, Alex Brusowitz the CEO of X strategies from speaking at their winter kickoff event, even though he, he wasn't going to be speaking on the Senate race in Montana, he was going to solely be talking about national issues, the Trump election and more. So he has been uninvited uh, from being the speaker. Well, Donald Trump Jr. Yesterday weighed in. I had a story on a Montana talks website. And then after I published that story, Donald Trump Jr. himself weighed in and criticized the Montana GOP for engaging in, quote, left-wing cancel culture. Donald Trump Jr., via Twitter, said it is really disappointing to see some Republicans in Montana engage in left-wing cancel culture. It's even more disappointing that they would target one of my father's strongest and most loyal supporters, Alex Brusewitz. But I interviewed him, and the story is on our Montana Talks website. I, maybe it's too much inside baseball for this statewide show, but now it's, it's turning into a national story, and Donald Trump Jr. is weighing in here. So, uh, but, but I asked him, I said, hey, Alex, if you, you, know, if you were uh, allowed to speak at the Montana GOP uh, winter kickoff, you know, what would your thirty in thirty seconds or so? What would you tell us your speech would have been about? And you know, Denver and Poplar just said how great of a job Joe Biden is doing. Well, here's what Alex Brusewitz was going to say if allowed to speak at the uh, GOP winter kickoff here in Montana.
3: I would have said that
2: if you want to make America strong again, if you want to make America safe again, if you want to make the world peaceful again, vote for Donald J. Trump. Uh, and I also say that if you are sick of the radical left trying to impeach our great president. Uh, get rid of John Pester because he is a rubber stamp vote for Chuck Schumer and the radical left who voted to impeach our president twice. And now we have a great opportunity to send him to retirement and possibly the fat camp.
1: All right. That was Alex Bruce. <laughs> what, what, what was that last line? I, I missed that one. What did he say there? Something about camping? Uh, sorry, so apparently it was going to be an outdoorsy speech. Uh, anyway, full conversation and the tweet from Donald Trump Jr. It's on our Montana Talks website right now. Uh, let's see. Uh, who do we got next on the phone lines? Uh, oh, Rory. Rory, uh, at a great fall. Stand by. I'll get to you right after the break if you can. Uh, stand by with us through the break, through the f- uh, Farm and Ranch Report and more, and we'll get back. to, we'll get to you right after this. Uh, phone lines are open. Uh, if you're somebody who tried to call in a few minutes ago and the phone lines were all full, call in right now because we've got some phone lines available for you. Uh, if you've got something you want to talk about. 406-294-0970 or... You know, if if you're busy or you're a little microphone shy, you can just type up a quick little message on our Montana Talks app. And uh, producer Travis will print it up, bring it in the studio here. In fact, man, i got some waiting for me right now. Stand up.
4: This is where Montana Talks app with Lane Nordler. As the Cattle Industry Convention continues here in Florida this week, rancher leaders are being elected to serve on the board of directors of the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. One of those individuals newly elected is Mr. Jim Steinbeiser of Sydney, Montana, who was elected to serve as the Region 5 Vice President of NCBA. When asked why he wanted to continue to serve the industry, this is what he had to say.
5: No, actually, it comes from my dad. He had that passion. I still do. We just grew up that way just with a desire to serve the industry that we love so it's in my blood you might say i've worked with all these issues or many of these issues through the last several years and with that experience and background
4: why not just keep going Steinbeiser is the immediate past president of the Montana Stock Growers Association and he said he looks forward to listening to all the concerns of cattle producers and helping them find solutions to their challenges.
5: In our caucus that we just came out of, uh, some of the ideas that are coming from these various affiliates in our region, it's just incredible. I mean, there is people problem solving and working out our problems, which is there's not a lot of us trying to be dictated to by the majority of how to operate. And, and so we need to get together, be united, listen to each other, and solve these problems.
4: Again, that was Sydney, Montana's Jim Steinmeiser. From Orlando, I'm Lane North Blonde.
0: He is not squishy, and he is definitely not a journalist. He is Dan Bongino and you can hear him each weekday 10 to 1 on News Talk 103.3 and AM970. News Talk 970 and 103.3 FM KBUL. Your home for Fox News, Hannity, Bongino, and Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. This is where Montana Talks.
1: Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Phone lines are open for you. 406-294-0970. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, we heard from Denver in Poplar earlier saying how great things are going under Joe Biden. Uh, we got another listener in Poplar listening to KBCK. Kate in Poplar. Kate in Poplar just uh, just sent us this message. Denver you live in the same town as I do our communities are deteriorating deteriorating due to crime milk is 650 at 650 a gallon good lord gas this past summer was $4.28 don't you worry though kate um uh, Joe Biden went to his buddies in Iran and in Venezuela and, and asked them for more oil. So temporarily, at least, that's that's given a little bit of relief there. Uh, didn't want to go to, you know, Sydney or Williston to ask for more oil. But he went to his buddies in Venezuela and uh, and Tehran for, for more oil. Uh, Kate and Poplar adds this. There is not one business uh, in our communities who doesn't have job openings that haven't and won't be filled. How are things better? Kate's message reminds me, do you remember back in November? Four Peck tribal councilman, Bryce Kirk, testified on Capitol Hill. Did he testify about how great things are going under Joe Biden? Oh, he didn't. Oh, he testified about all of the the challenges that we're seeing, especially in our reservation communities like, you know, towns like Poplar right now and the the fentanyl and the methamphetamines and the drugs. So when Senator Steve Daines asked Fort Peck uh, Council, a tribal councilman, Bryce Kirk, to talk about how the fentanyl crisis has touched his life and what resources the tribes need to better combat this drug crisis. Councilman Kirk asked a local law enforcement agent what can be done to curb the fentanyl crisis. You know what the agent told him? And you know what Fort Peck Tribal Councilman Bryce Kirk said and told your United States senators? Shut the border down. But, uh, but you know, if you're still uh, sleeping peacefully at night in the midst of this invasion, I guess you think this invasion on our southern border is just fine, just fine. Four zero six two nine four zero nine seventy. Let's see, we've got uh, Rory uh, in Great Falls, and Rory, great to hear from you. Um, a little background: Rory called us before, put this on our radar, and basically, uh, a number of of soldiers, a number of veterans here in Montana. He, he, you know, Rory was telling us that they suffered injuries in the line of duty while serving in, say, the National Guard, for example. But there, but but those injuries, those line of duties were never properly documented. And so as a result, there's a number of these soldiers that may not be getting taken care of as a result. So so Rory has an outfit on Facebook where you can find them called Bleeding Soldiers, where they're trying to address this situation. Uh, Rory, thanks for calling in. I understand you wanted to give us an update.
6: Yeah. hey, Aaron, It's good to hear you again. Um, you know, we've been doing the fight. Uh, we did do the protesting from May of twenty twenty three all the way to September of 2023 in front of John Tester's office now he's had that document for three years and he's done absolutely nothing he he sat on his hands and then I went into the representative there and they turned around and said they lost the book so I had to make another copy and I gave it to them and they said well can you confine it I took 3,000 documents down to 1,000 um, he really is a rubber stamp he he really is a rubber stamp he needs to be removed from office he needs to go away he's not helping the soldiers that are hurt uh but what we're doing is uh we we're getting the word out there's uh, an event coming up i don't know if you've been aware of it it's called the center for warriors foundation it's green star families it's coming up in east helena uh, these are soldiers that have families that lost their soldiers uh, what's happened is, is the administration is making the paperwork so hard for these airmen that they fall off. They get into alcohol. They get into drugs. They get into mental health issues and suicide. And when they fall off, they're gone, and their families are affected. Now I got a list of them. Uh, I got ten here in Montana. I'm looking for more to add to this list. And they can call me. They can email me. They can even show up at this little gathering. Now, it's a little expensive. It's 100 for each. It's 176 per couple in East Helena
1: at the Kiefer Ranch. When's that taking place? When's that, that event taking that place? It's
6: actually February 10th. Okay,
1: okay. so nine days mm-hmm. away. Rory, what's the best way yeah. for people to get a hold of it before I get to some of our other callers here waiting in the queue? Yeah. I know you, you got, what, Bleeding Soldiers on Facebook. Uh, yep. Is that the best way for them to reach out?
6: There's Bleeding Soldiers... 2020 at gmail.com or four zero six two one seven six zero five nine we up. got a lot of other stuff going on in the capital itself with legal stuff but we're trying to fight for these soldiers that got hurt that are not getting any benefits for them or their spouses
1: or children well and i'll tell you that the paperwork thing can be such a challenge and a lot and a lot of the soldiers they don't know the process and and, and they didn't you know they don't know well you got to do this and you got to do this and you got to do that and or even if you did the paperwork did it get lost do you have it i mean very challenging stuff so thank thanks for what you're doing and thanks for calling in thanks for the update appreciate it uh all right uh, back into the phone lines we go 406-294-0970 uh let's go to max in bozeman max thanks for the call what's on your mind
7: Higher.
8: The problem I have with the Repu- doing real well. I was going to tell you the problem I have with the Republican Party hierarchy is that half of them want to choose the candidate for me. I'm talking about Tim uh, Sheehy. The big boys endorsed him before I even saw his face. He was on TV immediately. I don't know where he stands on any problem no idea what his background is and i've got the main three guys endorsing him that's the kind of stuff that drives me away from uh being affiliated with the republican party
7: yeah i hear you
1: there yeah and see whereas I've, I've i've known tim Sheehy and his wife carmen since they first started their businesses in bozeman after they got out of military service but yeah for for the average montana voter out there they've got they've got questions they want to know where you stand and uh and, and we haven't been doing a ton of candidate interviews and getting the candidates on a bunch i've but i've gotten a chance to chat with tim Sheehy, and he'll he'll call in randomly from time to time too and and so so we take advantage how about of, a of those a, de- a debate would be great yeah once the the challenge is uh, uh, the challenges is the primary uh,
8: rosendale and uh, Sheehy in a debate we'll see where they stand on the instead instead of the republican hierarchy like uh Danes and, and Gianforte, instead of them endorsing him right off the bat, let's see what he he talks about.
7: Yeah, I'm well, glad
8: that you guys know these guys personally.
7: I think the reason so they
8: looking.
1: the reason they jumped in early is because they want to win. They know that that John Tester is is a blank check for Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden, well, and they and they, they know, and they they know, and do they do know the stakes Daniel, are on Daniel the line.
8: How uh, Daniel Rosendale won't do the job.
1: Well, because he didn't get it done in 2018. Now, you could make the argument that, hey, he fell short in 2018, but maybe the dynamics have changed in 2024. But I, but, Absolutely. but they, That's, but they I'm believe out. that he, that he can't win. And so they believe that Tim Shee can win. And, and they believe that we can't wait till June to get started. And I think they make a good argument, especially when you look at the fundraising numbers that just got released. So John Tester is going to have $300 million plus in liberal dark money, Democrat donors to pummel the airwaves. He's already pummeling the airwaves right now. The, you know, he doesn't have money, and so Congressman he does, and he, that's why he's already been in the fight for six months now. So you talk about a debate between Matt Rosendale and Tim Sheehy—that sounds great. But Matt Rosendale, he, he, at- Matt Rosendale isn't even in the race. He so far, is as he, far, he's far as get in? He, he's he's telling everybody apparently that that he's looking to get in, but he hasn't announced. And he's saying he, the last news report I saw is he's not going to announce his decision until right before the filing deadline in March. So if you're one of these dozen other Republicans that want to run for for the Eastern Congressional District, I guess you just got to sit back and wait and and, and have your... And have the yeah, and so, yeah, let's have a debate. But you got to be in the race before you can have a debate. And then also... Well, uh...
8: I, like, I like Matt. I think he's got experience. And I don't know anything about Sheehy, but I do know one thing. I don't think he has experience. And that says a lot for Rosendale. I, I like what he's done so far. Did Donald he's Trump have experience?
1: Did Donald Trump have experience uh, in Congress or in the state legislature? I, I would,
8: I would think, I would think not. I would think he's probably the exception to the rule. And uh, if you're saying that Donald Trump didn't do a good job or did you do a good job because of lack of experience, I don't know. Well,
7: but, I thought he did a great uh, job. I'm not yeah.
8: inchie, I I. But I am for Rosendale, and I'm and it's very upsetting when the upper end tells me who to vote for. That's that's my point that's
1: why i got no oh, i get you yeah you know and I, I hear i hear where you're coming from i think john brennan um former state senator out of SCOBY, i think articulated that point very well um back in early january when we talked with him about it that yeah there's people that, they don't like being told what to do and, and people are still going to make up their own minds i would encourage sure. anybody. i would encourage anybody do what grandpa lou uh did do what grandpa lou does grandpa lou called in the other day he's been to tim sheehy events so he can ask questions so he can learn more he went to the Matt Rosendale Matt Gates Ga- Matt event over the weekend. He says he's a big fan of uh, of Congressman Rosendale, but I thought it was interesting. Even though he was at the events over the weekend, he, like a lot of Rosendale backers and fans, want Matt to stay in the House. But wait till you hear these fundraising numbers. Thanks for the call.
0: Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana. Powered by the Montana Electric Cooperative Association. Your Montana Electric Cooperative. They do much
1: more than keep the lights on for you. This
0: is Montana Talks with Aaron
1: Flint. All right, let's see. We lost Dave and Joliet, but we got LeVon and Three Forks and the great Jerry Schillinger out a Circle on the phone line. So I'll be very quick here. Look, I... You know, I, I get a chance to to chat with a number of of uh, Congressman Matt Rosendale's friends and fans uh, uh, who love the work that he's doing in the House, and some of them are saying, "Yeah, Matt, you should run for the Senate," and some are saying, "Matt, listen to your friends, stay in the fight, stay in the House," and and Matt, do you realize the if you thought twenty eighteen was bad? If you thought you didn't have enough money to take on John Tester in 2018, how much money do you think is going to be on the airwaves pummeling you in 2024? Look at these fundraising numbers. Uh, fundraising numbers just came out. Congressman Rosendale. This is from uh, this is from the Daily Beast, but I've heard conservative sources report these same numbers. Reese Gorman, I think with the Daily Beast. Matt Rosendale, who is expected to get into the U.S. Senate race in Montana only raised $98,000 in the fourth quarter of last year according to FEC records now meanwhile congressman Ryan Zinke in the western district raised over 1 million dollars for his reelection in the western district so so again $98,000 is what congressman Rosendale raised in the fourth quarter are you going to have the resources to jump into the fight in the biggest race in the country Whereas, you know, hey, even if you don't have that that kind of money, you could still likely win uh, uh the house race, right, in the eastern part of the seat. So that's why a lot of his friends are saying, Matt, listen to your friends, stay in the house. Um, I thought those numbers were very interesting on that point. Uh, I mean, $98,000. Hell, John Tester just had a $98,000 restaurant, Bill, uh, uh, three nights ago at the Bistro B in Washington, probably. All right, uh LeVon and Three Forks, thanks for the call. What's on your mind?
7: Yeah, I'm going to say I want Rosendale to stay in his House seat. We need him there. Uh, Tim Sheehy has stepped up to the plate early and is doing what he can and against Tester. The Republican Party hasn't done anything to counter any of Tester's egregiously false ads. But I do want to also let the listeners know that in the last election, before our uh, district, our Montana was separated into two districts, we were supporting Mr. Rosendale financially and and everything. Um, And then after the separation, and Mr. Zinke ended up being our uh, representative, the emails we sent to Mr. Rosendale were never accepted. He would not listen to us. And it really, really, really made me angry. Because I thought I'm a Montana um, elect uh, person who elects folks for Montana, and he had no reason not to listen to me, whether I was in his district or not. Now, so, in defense, stay where you are. A,
1: a, well, in, in defense of Congressman Rosa, I I should double check this one. Uh, my assumption here, I, I don't I don't think because I think the same things happen. Let's say if you're somebody in Billings and you want to send an email to Congressman Zinke i under i think the congressional websites i don't think they allow you to use their website platforms to email a congressman unless you live in their district that when they ask for your zip code that may be what's happening here i, I should i should double check on that because uh, uh, yeah because yeah I th- because i think and, mean, like like you have to live in that district to use their messaging platform that's my assumption but i i, I need to double check that and
7: and you may be right but i was receiving emails like from Kristen Cinema when I wrote to her and say, asking her not to support certain things. <laughs> Why can't my own congressman um, who represent my state even just take my email and look at it? They don't need to respond to it, but they can see, oh, this person is from Montana because mm-hmm. I flat out told them where I was from um well, and anyway, anyway, in reality I like you know.
1: i mean one of the one of the one of the job my first uh, kind of official job in former senator conrad burns office i was the mail manager <laughs> you know yeah. which was actually that job probably prepared me more for a statewide radio show than anything because i i read all of i got all of the communications that came in uh every letter every email logs of every phone call i got to, i got to see and hear what everybody was talking about under the sun and so yeah i I, I I don't I, you know I, and I understand now it's so much easier to electronically communicate so they're probably just getting inundated with stuff because you don't want people from all these other states tying up resources and inboxes so I, I'm sure it's to do that but yeah, yeah. You, you've got to think that there's a way to at least open it up to all the Montanans given the crossover of well, issues.
7: Yep, exactly. I I agree with you there. Open it up when if you can tell that that person is a, a Montana resident. But again, like I say. I will support Mr. Chim Sheehy. We have met him. I will pound the pavement for that young man because I think he would make a great senator.
1: Man, I tell you, if he, for those who haven't gotten to meet him yet, I mean, he is impressive. His message on he agriculture, is. not just military. Yeah. I mean, his business, absolutely incredible. And, yeah, he's been out there meeting and greeting with folks all across the state. So if you haven't had the chance right. to do it, likewise. When Rosendale has events, go, go to his events. When all these other candidates go to every single one of their events. Uh, I, I appreciate it. Well, LeVon, thanks for calling in. I, I wanted to get to Jerry Schillinger as well, but it looks like, uh, looks like we lost his phone call. He's probably busy on the farm. Evan and Belt, Mark Roscoe is participating in election interference by trying to keep Trump off the ballot. The only candidate right now who will put America first and be profitable to our country. Uh, Anyway, uh, Evan and Belt says Mark Roscoe is a hypocrite. You know what's funny? I saw the story about Mark, Mark Roscoe wanting Trump taken off the ballot in the name of democracy. Directly under the tweet about that story was the president of El Salvador calling for America to have free and fair elections. When El Salvador has the moral high ground...